This is Cami, And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 114. It's almost 2020 and I'm feeling hot, 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 feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yes, How about indeed. you, Madeline? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Things are getting hot in here. Everyone is wondering what is going to be hot for online communities in 2020. So what is it going to be? Well, that is a great question, Cammie. Let's take a listen to find out. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So today we're sharing the top seven trends for social media communities that we think will take off in 2020. Hard to believe 2020 is just about here, Cami. I can't believe it. This year flew by. Right. And we're going to do these not in any particular order, probably because we're lazy. We, we thought about it. We we're like, no, we're just going to do them. We're just going to put them out there and see what you guys think. So hot trend number one, private communities. Huge, huge, huge in 2020. I think that trend started a little bit this year, but I think it's only going to accelerate from here. Definitely, Facebook is putting a lot of emphasis on their private communities. And a lot of people are talking about things they're calling the velvet rope communities and the walled garden communities, which means places where people go and they have an experience with a specific community. So it's not like open, you know, so it's either paid or, you know, you have to pay to get past or you have to have certain kind of influence to get past. So these closed spaces are really on the rise, I think. And some of the things that sort of have shown that is the rise in Slack communities. I mean, I hear more and more about Slack communities. Certainly, I know that my company uses Slack to talk to each other behind the scenes every day. I love Slack. Yeah, I know a lot of other companies do too, because you can have a really quick conversation in there and you can keep it, you know, you can keep everything archived in a place where you can go back and find it. It doesn't blow up your email. So I think people really like Slack. And I know like we know Jenny Dietrich. I mean, she came on our show. It's been almost two years ago now. Oh my gosh, this has been crazy. Well, Jenny came on, but she talked about her Slack community. And when I was at PRSA International Conference speaking there about a month or so ago, I met up with the the, uh, Spin Sucks community at PRSA that meet on the Slack channel. So very cool. Also, Telegram. I am really surprised by this little app. It is taking off. Every day I see new people that I know saying that they added themselves to Telegram and somebody we listen to as well on podcast, James Wedmore, who has a podcast and a business by design company. He has put together a Telegram and what he does is he just broadcasts behind the scenes stuff from his Telegram. You can open up Telegram also to be a community though, where you can talk to each other. James has chosen just to use it as sort of a broadcast channel, but you can also make it a community channel. And then, of I'm course, downloading finally, it right now. I, like it I keep 
hearing about it and it sounds really interesting. So yeah, done. I just down, it's called tele Telegram Messenger. Is that it? That's right. Okay. Telegram I Messenger. I have it now. You're gonna yeah. pop it's gonna pop up and say Madeline Sklar just joined. Yep, that's what's gonna happen. And then WhatsApp, of course, is as an ongoing perennial favorite of people all around the world. And I think that, you know, Facebook owning it is another that's a really interesting thing too. We'll have to have a podcast about that sometime, but is Facebook going to get broken up with all these Instagram and WhatsApp? They own everything. It's yep. kind of scary. Anyway, the point is, is a lot of people around the world are using WhatsApp. Um, I know my own children are using it. And also one of my children over in Africa, there's a, a guy that I adopted many years ago and helped him go through school, who's now a grown up and has a family that we still keep in touch on WhatsApp. It's just absolutely a global kind of phenomenon, WhatsApp. So if you haven't used it, you probably should check into it. But these different kinds of tools, I think are only going to grow and they're going to support these walled off communities. It's the best way I can put it. You know, these small groups of people that want to meet around specific interests or families and so on. I totally agree with you. Our next hot trend number two is pop-up groups. And you may have been hearing about this on Facebook, a lot of times people say their Facebook group is a pop-up group. So to understand a little bit more about this, here's like a definition. Pop-up group is a short, limited time Facebook group aligned with a specific promotion to get people excited, engaged, and ready to invest. And once the promotion is over, the group is closed. Now, I know Kimmy and I talk about Amy Porterfield. We're big fans of her. And she had a recent podcast episode where she talked about using pop-up groups for her courses. It was very interesting. It's her Marketing Made Easy podcast episode number 286 that just came out last month, which is October 2019. If you're listening further in the future and you want to go find that episode, it's called How to Create a Seven-Day Pop-Up Group to Boost Course Sales. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Amy's just this big advocate for it. And I've seen others, I'm sure you have too, Kimmy, I've seen other course creators using these pop-up groups as a way to warm up their audience, to introduce them to people, to the products, to you know whatever it is this person is promoting. And I really like it uh, to be used that way. What's interesting, because I didn't, you know, the ter- it's interesting when terminology comes, like a year ago, we weren't saying pop-up Facebook groups. It was just well, Facebook Well, except for we did, ha- we, ha- we did have an entire episode about this. You know that, right? Yeah. Episode 63. Yeah. So We've done it for a while, but yeah, I think that the terminology is now the very The terminology is catching up. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Because last year when I did my video like a rock star mastermind course slash, you know, it was like a group, it was like part group, part mastermind, part intense course. But what was interesting, Kimmy, is every time, and I know there's a couple of different ways of looking at these pop-up groups. Amy is talking about it in the sense of using it to promote a course. I was doing pop-up groups for the students and the, like some people will have a private Facebook group for their students, but it becomes an, it turns into an alumni group. And then as people go through their courses, they just keep getting added. And I do have one for my Twitter Smarter Masterclass I've been running for the last five years. And I just keep adding people as alumni. That's an easy way to do it. But for this other one, the video like a rock star, because it's kind of like a mastermind group, for me, it made sense as I was creating it to have my Facebook group be a pop-up group. So it's just for the duration of the program. When the three weeks are up, it kind of becomes dormant, you know, because everybody moves their separate ways or they're onto other things. It's really hard to keep people coming back daily or week after week, unless, you know, it's something you're actively utilizing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know that some people do that and then they archive their groups at the end. Yes. So that you can go back and like look at all the content anytime you want if you were part of that group. But nobody can be added. No new content can be put into it. So there's a lot of ways to do these pop-up groups that work either to promote a product, as you said, or to promote like if you're an affiliate for a product, it's another way to kind of ramp people up for that affiliate offer, which might be something that you know, you're know you promoting for in a group. So I think it's such a great thing. And it also, it doesn't feel so overwhelming, right? That you don't have to have yeah. this group forever, right? right? You can start and like kind of wet your appetite, learn how to kind of run a group, not have it open forever. I think it's a great way to get involved in starting a group. Yeah, for sure. So I think this is going to become a bigger trend in 2020, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And hot trend number three, Facebook is investing in its group products. So again, let's talk about groups. So expect more features like this new one that we know that's coming out called post topic tags. That's coming up where when you are a group moderator, you can put a tag on your content. So say it's around a specific topic or a specific category for us, we would put it in our categories because we have categories that we talk about. And you could then click on that tag and be able to find all the content that was under that particular tag. There's also a search bar, but I think a lot of people get lost in Facebook groups, especially if they're very noisy and busy. Content can go very fast and it's really hard to find it again. They do have also announcements in there that came out this past year that's helped a lot to kind of start to see what the moderators put in. Also units, that's a really interesting new thing that they've put into Facebook groups where you can actually deliver an entire online course through the Facebook group and it shows their progress as they go. So you can you know, put out a new unit and have all of the content under it and people discussing things inside of that. And also events. I mean, the events inside of a group are really, really powerful. I don't think people use those enough, actually, the events inside of groups. They right. tend to do it on their pages. But yeah. that's a really great way to keep things organized for people so they can find them very fast. I have to say, I love units. I think that was one of the coolest things that Facebook did in the past mm-hmm. year when I was running my video mastermind program. Because it was a course, it was you know daily assignments, I would utilize the units feature. And it is so great because if people were not following along every single day with the assignments, they could easily go into the Facebook group and go to the units and I had them all in order. And it'd be real easy to go through. And I've seen other companies and organizations utilize the units feature. And it's, I think it's just a great feature. And you know, when these features become available, you know, I know you agree with me, Kimmy, you guys should like totally check it out and see how can this work for what you're doing right now. And maybe you don't need it right now. And that's okay. But familiarize yourself, educate yourself on these features, because there'll come a time where it will really benefit you and you, you know, will now know how to use it. So that's my two. So yeah, that's it. How try to new features that support group learning or whatever that that support the group functions. And I think that's going to be really big. And I think we'll see lots of these kinds of features come out. Yeah, for sure. Next up is trend number four, communal watching. And that's going to be the watch parties you've probably seen on Facebook. They're starting to get more popular. I think it's going to become a bigger thing in the new year in 2020. So people want to watch and consume content together. And that is really powerful with a group. And that's what makes doing these watch parties so great. It's kind of like using a hashtag when you're watching a TV show. Like I love getting on Twitter when there's a TV show live and just connecting with other people live during the program. So that's kind of like the watch parties, but in a video format. And I think it's also really interesting utilizing watch parties with election speeches and just 
different, you know, we're in the middle of all this political stuff going on right now, and people love to talk about that. So there's a lot of great use for it. Now, my good friend, Christine Gritman, is always hosting watch parties. I tell you, Kimmy, every time I get on her Facebook, it always says <laughs> that she's, she's in the middle of a watch party. And like, I just checked her Facebook before we started this recording. And sure enough, she hosted one today talking about content creation. It looked really good from what I saw. I'll put a link in the show notes because somebody like her is like, that's a great example of utilizing this really great feature. And I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. There's so many ways to use it. No, I totally agree. And I think that we have underestimated the power of a watch party because they seem kind of strange and a little bit odd. But if you use them properly, you can really bring a group of people together around a specific thing. And I don't know how how effective they are necessarily. I mean, I don't have numbers or anything in front of me. But I do think that people are looking for ways to connect with each other around content. And why not connect around content that's already being created rather than having to recreate it? I mean, I could do that with social media breakfast. We could do a watch party like, you know, the Friday, the more the Monday after or something like that, you know, of, of social media breakfast on a Friday, so that people that couldn't come might have a chance. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can actually work around these different things. And then, and then in the comment section, while you're watching, you guys can have a conversation around the topic. I think it's a really good idea. Absolutely. So hot trend number five, one-to-one communication. Oh my gosh, we're going back to one-to-one communication. Oh, pick up the phone, people. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Really, private messaging or direct messaging and private conversations and also bots that seem human too. I think these one-on-one connections are going to become more expected by people. You know, you go to somebody's web page and you're going to want to see the little chat with me now kind of tool where you can pull it up and chat with somebody. It's the same thing in social media and communities. People want to connect with the course creator or people around the social media support team around that particular course, if you're going to do a a course. And so also, I'm going to just start with messenger bots, because I think they're getting more sophisticated. And I do think developers are going to start adding augmented intelligence or what they call AI to make bots more lifelike. They're going to bring them to life a little bit more so that when you talk to a bot, it can be intelligent and answer your questions. Now, I still think that doesn't take the place of people. But I do know that that is going to probably continue to grow over the next year. And you can kind of watch for that. On the personal side, we had a great conversation about how to use DMs to personalize your business and make more sales with Tyler J. McCall. He was on our recent episode 68. And he talked about some strategies for staying connected through social media. It was an amazing episode. And it still totally applies and always will because it's about person-to-person communication. Really, really important. And then also you brought something up during our preparation, which I think I'd like you to talk about, which is tweet this only to. So some of the cool things that Twitter's bringing out around how you can just talk directly to specific people, interests or so on. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, just a week ago, this guy, he's one of the VPs at Twitter. His Twitter handle is Dantley and we'll put a link in the show notes. He did this tweet that was really interesting talking about new features that are going to be coming in 2020 on Twitter. and. This, I think I've had some people look at it a little negatively. I was like, I'm like, this is great. I think this will be helpful to a lot of people. It's not for everyone, but it's nice when we have more features than we need. And so I think a lot of people will get use out of these. So first off, being able to remove yourself from a conversation. So you're in a Twitter conversation, you'll be able to take yourself out of a Twitter conversation if you feel desired to. You can also not allow a retweet of a tweet. That'll be interesting. 
not allow people to mention you without your permission. I think that you know, for, there could be like some celebrities, maybe they're having some issues on social media, and maybe they don't want to be mentioned in a tweet without their permission. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like how some of these will be used and why people would be using it. Removing an app mention from a conversation, so you actually be able to move a mention out and being able to tweet this all, tweet this only to hashtag interests or these friends. That I think is going to be the best one of all because being able yeah. to tweet out just to a specific group of friends, like we can do in Instagram right now, in Instagram stories, right? You can like have a best friends group and being able to, you know, have like a smaller group or like your super friends. I think that would be super cool to do on Twitter. So it'd be really interesting to watch these evolve in the new and year. And certainly it's part of that trend, which is one to one communication. Yes. You know, you're going to get a smaller group of people that you can talk to. And you don't necessarily have to do it in the back end on DMs. I think that's kind of interesting. Also, I like the idea around a hashtag. That's very interesting to me because you can have these conversations around a specific topic and anybody who joins in on the hashtag would be able to see it. I think that's a really, really cool thing. And also, you know, people that have a following that say you're too noisy when you're participating, say, in a, yeah, in a, in a Twitter chat. In a Twitter chat or something, you could actually kind of turn this on and be able to keep that from happening and then maybe just send specific tweets out to your following. So I do find that that that's very interesting. And so yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's good. So yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm always excited when really good new features become available on the different social media platforms. And just like I was saying earlier, just trying it and see like, okay, this is interesting. How can I make this apply to what I'm doing today? And just it's like find more control, good uses. right? It's more control over your De social media too. Definitely. And I think like being able to take yourself out of an app mention, like say there's a big group and they keep talking to each other. It's like taking yourself out of a reply to all. It's really fair to be able to do that. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Our next hot trend number six is group chat. So, you know, there's the chat sticker in Instagram, which I don't see enough people using. Do you use it, Cammy? Because I mean, honestly, I have not really used it much, but I don't see very many people using it. I think it's a cool feature, though. Yeah, it is. And I've seen some people use it. I haven't used it like I should. We should probably experiment with it a we little should. bit. But honestly, I think it's just a matter of like being a little afraid. Like what happens when I put this sticker on there? You know, what's <laughs> right. going to happen? My Instagram's going to blow up. I don't know. Or nobody, like the worst that could happen is you invite a bunch of people into chat and nobody like comes. Nobody goes, yeah. <laughs> I, guess. yeah. I, I think that could happen. But I do think it's really good. And I know that I've seen people using it like for super fans. Like they'll say, hey, I'm going to have this chat at this certain time. Who wants right. to be in it? And then people ask to be in it. And then they they put them in there for a specific time for a specific chat. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I don't know if it'll stay unless they can get some way of like, teaching people how to use it, you know, like right. the average person, not just like a super user or somebody who's a big, you know, star on, on Instagram. But I do think it's a really great way to have conversations with a smaller group of people. Absolutely. And there's also streaks in Snapchat. So I think we're going to, the trend's going to be, we're going to see more features like this available and more people starting to use them. And one yeah. thing I find interesting, and Kami, you had uncovered this in our prep for this episode, that Tumblr is adding group chats. I, when you had said Tumblr, I'm like, Tumblr? I used to love them, but you don't hear about them anymore. So I was like kind of surprised. Like, you know, exactly. Do you like saying MySpace? So yeah, you want to talk a little bit about that? Because it sounds very interesting. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it because I think it's a really interesting thing. But, you know, Tumblr, the only way you could really like 
talk to each other in Tumblr, I guess, is by like resharing people's content, which is cool because that means your content goes further. And so I'm not sure how Tumblr people feel about this because it could cut down on the number of like the shares that they get. But really, all you could do is share. And so what they've done is they've made it so you can create a group chat where fans can talk about issues, interests, or passions around it. It reminds me a little bit of the chat sticker in Instagram a little. And what happens is that messages within the group, they disappear after 24 hours. So it's a little bit like that, you know, like a story on Instagram. There's a maximum occupancy of 100 people. Now, here's the funny part. Any of these groups can be discoverable via search, but people have to request permission to, jo- to join. And non-members can preview what the group chat is. Like they can see what people are saying. So you can be watched. It's like a glass house, you know, with yeah. like glass windows right. with all the like people that aren't 100, like sticking their noses up against the glass, I guess. I don't know. So I, I find that kind of a very interesting twist on that. It really is. We'll have a link into the, in the show notes that have some more information on this. It is very interesting. If you use Tumblr or you did in the past and want to be able to use this feature, I think probably get a lot out of it because it's very interesting. And, you know, we all know that we can do group conversations in other social media platforms like Twitter DMs, Facebook Messenger. I mean, I've been doing group chats and Twitter DMs for quite a while. An example would be my Twitter Smarter Chat. I have a greeter group and there's like five of them plus me. So it's like six of us. And we use a group DM to have private conversations talking about the chat each week and who the guest is going to be and what the questions are, or if we have questions and who's going to be available to come on the chat and just having like just a, a nice little private conversation, but not having to do it on Slack or some, you know, someplace simple and easy. Because Slack, I love, but I don't need bells and whistles. I don't need anything fancy. I feel like, hey, we're all using Twitter for the Twitter chat. So let's just do the Twitter DM. And I've also done this in Facebook Messenger as well. Because again, you know, people are already there. Why not keep it simple and easy? So some of you may not have realized you can have a group chat as a Twitter DM or as a Facebook Messenger chat. So something to keep in mind, and I think we're just going to see this becoming a bigger trend with the different social media platforms. Yeah, I totally think so too. And the only thing I'm going to say about Facebook Messenger chats is that they can get a little bit annoying if they get noisy because they just pop up. That's you know, right. So it's but you can annoying. turn it off. You can. The beauty yeah. is with all of these we're talking about there there is a mute feature, so you can because you know the thing is with these anyone can add you, right? So with Facebook Messenger, because that's the, you know, Facebook is the most popular out of all these we're talking about, I get added to these groups. And you're right, when it's a big group, and there's lots of conversation, you just keep getting deemed with it every time there's an, you know, another message, and it can get overwhelming, it can get very distracting. So I love that whether you're on your phone or on a desktop computer, you can easily mute it. You can just mute it for a short period of time or mute it indefinitely. I usually do the indefinitely one and just check it manually whenever I'm in there. And that works out really well. So, you know, so don't worry about, oh, if I do this, everybody will get mad at me. Well, not necessarily because they, they have those controls in place. So people can yeah. have their preference for it. Yeah. And some people, um, I've seen them, you can also leave the conversation on a Facebook Messenger chat. And I see people say, well, I'm leaving now. Sorry, got to go. Because it'll and, say, it says you le- left. And yeah. I know, and, and it does it on the Twitter DM too. And that's the only thing is that like, sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to be that person that leaves because it'll pop up and say <laughs> that. So yeah, you yeah. either you get the people that don't care and they just do it, or you get the person that's like, 
like you said, I'm leaving now. Sorry. Bye. You know, that's like the, <laughs> the nice person way of doing it, which is usually yeah. what I do. Or I, or, you know, for me, I just like, okay, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm just going to mute it. And then that way I can control if I want to look at it or not. You can get the really good Elvis gif and like Elvis has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's a good All one. right. So we are now down to our hot trend number seven. And this is a big one. Uh, privacy issues are front and center this year, especially with the election. And I think you're going to see that all of the social media platforms are going to be adding more and more layers of privacy onto their products, mostly because A, governments are starting to crack down and uh, find them. And so they're like starting to look for ways to kind of button things down. Certainly Facebook has stopped giving third-party apps data about people in groups without explicit permission. You might have seen that if you use a third-party tool to do a live stream. People are asking, why is it say anonymous user in a live stream inside of a group? And that's because um, you have to give explicit permission to that app, whatever it is, whether it be BeLive or StreamYard or Zoom or whatever it is you use. Um, each person that is uh, participating in the conversation would have to give that app permission to use that person's specific data. So it doesn't work like that on pages, like on public pages, which I find really funny, but it does work that way in private groups. So I do see other kinds of privacy things like that coming into play over the next year. WhatsApp now blocks group admins from adding new members without their consent. We were just talking about that on Facebook Messenger. Now you can no longer add a member on WhatsApp without people giving their consent. So it'll send them a message saying, do you consent to being added to this group? But then people can. And then all networks will continue to add privacy features, I think, from the consumer side as well. So, you know, Twitter's talking about the ability to delete comments in the thread, which I think is a big deal. Certainly, they're putting in all kinds of uh, features on Facebook where you can you can mark different threads as being fake news or whatever else. You can talk about people that might be suicidal and you can warn Facebook that you think they are. So there's a lot of interesting sort of signals that are going on out there, both on the privacy side and on the safety side. So I don't know. I think that's there's some good to that. There's a little bit of creepiness to that, too, I think. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm a fan of give us the features. Let us decide. Uh, now, I'm very open and public on social media mm -hmm. because this my work is my career. So I rarely have things locked down privately. But on the flip side of that, there are plenty of people that only want certain things to be seen by certain people. And I respect that. And they should be able to do that. So I'm glad that these companies are taking the privacy issues seriously and is becoming more front and center. And I think it will continue in 2020 more so than it is today in 2019. And I, I'm okay with that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, me too. I think people need to have that ability to to do what they want with their public spaces. Yes. I mean, you think about people that have been in terrible relationships where somebody's after them or they've been stalked or a number of reasons or just they just are private people that want to like, you know, they don't want a lot of people in their business. So but they do want to share with a smaller group of people. So I do think that that is going to continue to move along that way, even if it's forced on them by all kinds of legislations and regulations. So I think that that's why they're moving right now. They want to make sure that they're ahead of that. So I think it's good. So now we've come down to the end, but bonus, bonus. No, we have one more hot trend. Woo -hoo -hoo, we have a bonus. What do you think? I love that. I like how we've been having ninja tips and now we got, you know, bonus trend. I love it. It's fun. Yeah, they have. And if you want to see my ninja girl, you have to go to our website. I have a new ninja girl that we put together. You have to go see her. She was in the last episode, episode 113. You'll have to check her out. 
Anyway, so this is our bonus hot trend, niche business communities. That's happening all over the place. What I mean by that is that there are all of these social networks being formed for niche business communities. And some of the ones I've seen that have kind of been hot lately, Alignable has become this hugely hot thing, sort of like the anti-LinkedIn, but you know, sort of for smaller businesses, local businesses. And they're charging $30 a month. I don't know how many people are taking them up on that offer. But right now they're letting you connect with local people within a certain mile radius of where you live or where you register for free. But if you want to go beyond that radius, they want you to pay $30 a month. For me, that doesn't work that great because my my clients are like from all over the world and around the nation. So I have more of a national business, but very interesting for small mom and pop shops that are looking for their customers to come from close by and they want to have relationships with other business owners in the same area. I think it's a great idea. I've seen lots of people joining. I get tons and tons of um, invitations to connect with different people. It's really been great. Then LinkedIn itself, it's really beefing up its features. Um, They've added live stream video, not for everyone yet, but I suspect they will roll that out in 2020 to everyone or close to. And also their groups. I mean, they keep trying to push the groups out. And I do think that LinkedIn groups can be good. I know a lot of people have abandoned them over time, but I know some people that are still using them pretty well. I'm using email and like smaller, more niche groups rather than big huge groups, more like connected groups, I think are good on LinkedIn right now. And then there's some others that are very niche, like Pink Petro. Um, We live here in Houston, so we know about this one. Katie Maynard, Maynard, I don't know how you say her last name, Maynard. I'd say Maynard, maybe. M-E-H-N-E-R-T. She started this. She was an oil executive and she started Pink Petro for women that are oil executives that can go in and talk about oil and gas and jobs and and do all of that kind of um, networking over oil and gas. So I thought, and that's for women in oil and gas. It's very niche. I mean, talk about that's a niche That's very community. niche. Yep. I'm involved in a lot of niche communities too that have to do with agency owners. You know, there's a Forbes agency council that I'm a member of that have their own little online group and you have to be invited in specifically and you have to pay a, you know, a fee per year to be there. So there's a lot of different niche communities like that out there and too many to name, honestly, in the bonus hot tip. But I will say that if you go looking for this, you will find your community. And we just had a conversation with someone on this very podcast who started a niche community, right, Madeline? We sure did. Our last episode, number 113, we had Warwick Brown, who is absolutely incredible. If you guys have not heard that episode, go back up one and listen to 113 because he talked about building a membership community and it was amazing. It was fascinating. He's got excellent ideas. And I really look forward to watching him grow and build it for sure. Absolutely. And those are really, I think, a huge trend. So that is your bonus tip, because we expect that you are going to be part of that bonus tip, because you're going to be building your own communities out there of people that are specific to what you do. So I'm really excited to hear about your communities and what you do. And as Pat Flynn always says, the riches are in the niches. And it is so true. And I think the other saying is like, when you try to serve everyone, you serve no one. So niching down and even niching on your niche can be very profitable. Niching on your niche, that is like confusing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So our call to action for this episode, we want you to share one thing you think will be hot in social media and online communities in 2020. I want you to tag both Cammie and I and use our CTC podcast hashtag wherever you use social media. We're always on the lookout. And also be sure to join us in our Facebook group if you haven't done so already. It's at communitiesatconvert.com slash group. 
But when you sign up, we're going to ask you for a secret word, a special word. Cami, what is that word that they need to know to get into our exclusive private club on Facebook? Action. Yeah. Just type Don't in action. Don't tell anybody, okay? Yeah. So it's our secret. <laughs> So that's it. We covered a lot. You know, this was actually a long episode. Oh we covered a lot of really great trends for 2020. This was a great episode, Kimmy. I hope all you guys were taking notes, but we also have notes for you over on our website, communitiesatconvert.com. We wrote them all up for you. So be sure to check it yeah, out. Yeah, we're good students. We take all the notes. Woohoo. Yeah. All right. We'll all be right. back next week. We'll see you then. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.